Hello, beautiful people. I'm very pleased to announce I'm directing a reading of a new play by past guest Amanda Zeitler, she of the Zeitler moniker, entitled Miranda After the Storm or What Happens to Savage Little Whores. Saturday, September 1st, 9 p.m. at the Kennedy Center's Page to Stage Festival. The play expands on Shakespeare's The Tempest and explores what happens when Miranda and Prospero return to Naples after more than a decade of solitude and reveals some terrible secrets they left behind on the island. Again, Saturday, September 1st, 9 p.m. at the Kennedy Center, Cheap is Free, talk Talkback to follow. Talkback not sanctioned by David Mamet. All right, here's the show. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Well, we close out our three-month Tinkerbell extravaganza the way it began, with Captain Hook himself, Peter Boyer. When he was here to talk about the Fantastics, we drifted into a, well, we'll call it a tangent, about Henry V and then Henry V the musical. I don't remember how it started, but it ends pretty well. We joined the conversation already in progress. Harry, when he's Harry before he becomes Henry V, right. uh, he goes out and has all sorts of fun with... Um, characters that are very Mortimer and Henry-like. Mm-hmm. You know, they go yeah. out, they drink, Falstaff they have a good time, and... they don't have consequences until Harry becomes Henry. And then all of a sudden the consequences come and he kills them or kills at least one of them. I think one of well, them... Well, he one of the, uh, certainly denies them. He, I mean, there's yeah, that very overt scene yeah. at the end of... It's part two, right? The end of Henry the Fourth, part two, mm-hmm. where... Falstaff comes up to him after the coronation and he says, I know you not. I mean, in this very like yeah. overt. And then you can argue whether or not, I don't remember if it's at the beginning. This is where I get mixed up. I, I don't remember if Falstaff dies at the beginning of five because there's that whole scene in the tavern of all the people mm-hmm. gathered around just talking about the fact that he's dead. And it is, yeah, I mean, it is a, that's another way to go. Uh-huh. It's that sort of like, and that sort of is Shakespeare's point. I think a little bit of like, you can be the kid, yeah. but once you like, once you're king, you shut it yeah. all down. Yeah. Cause you don't really have a choice. You can't be both. And which is sort of what I love. The false staff sort of thinks that it's like, yeah, the king's going to be. Harry's I was thinking that was, it always makes me kind of sad. Cause I like, I feel like Henry's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Cause mm. he, because he gets to have the fun before he, be, uh, and then when he suddenly has to be responsible, like okay, he, at least he takes on responsibility. But then all those people that that were there for him when he got to be irresponsible, they don't get a second chance. Nope. You know, they don't they don't really even get it. They don't get any chance to reform. One of them does get uh, sentenced to death. Uh, I think gets uh, hanging for um, stealing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's even a moment of like, come on, man, we were friends. Like, nope. <laughs> Hold on. See ya. And it, it is well. I think I think you're right. I think if you stop at the end of Henry the Fourth Part Two, um, with that moment of uh, of like you know go after yourself to Falstaff from yeah. King Henry the Fifth, then yes. But in Henry the Fifth, you do you see a lot of those Prince mm-hmm. Hal things come out like when he's going on the battlefield disguised as one of the soldiers to see how the men are doing and he's Uh very like you can tell he cares about his job like he takes his job very seriously so i you it depends on how you play it obviously but i think that one of the great things about those plays um henry the fourth one and two and henry the fifth 
is that we don't know whether Hal is is if, if this is actually his plan is to just be like just goof around and then when he becomes king I'll become serious or whether he's goofing around and then when he becomes king he's like crap like I've got to shut it down and then he kind of overcompensates because he doesn't know any other way to do it it's one of the things that makes yeah, the character so I, rich I was I always had the feeling although it's been a long time since I've looked at them that that Harry Henry knew all this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, at this point, I get to have my fun, and at some point later on, I'll have to be responsible. And then responsibility kicks in, and it's like, okay, responsibility kick in, so... Three, I'm two, now, one, Yeah, go. so yeah. now I have to wipe the slate clean on mm -hmm. this one. So everybody was there that was part of that. You're um, cleaning you out. Right. And it was just this sort of, that's that's the way the way that Destiny plays out. And I do think there's... there's um, if you... That that's probably how it would really go, given chance I mean, in, that yeah. sort of, in that sort of world that's that's just how it would play out mm -hmm. um it just strikes me as very unfair <laughs> it is very unfair no it, it's tremendously unfair but it's it's also funny to me that he doesn't like when he has that scene with king henry the fourth where fourth henry chastises him uh -huh. very harshly he doesn't say i'm gonna get like don't worry like when it's my turn i'm gonna square all this he kind of doesn't say anything he mm -hmm. just sort of takes it and you can play it's one of the things that like like Hamlet, you can play that a thousand different ways. Like is mm -hmm. he actually like you know, is he actually losing his mind? Is he pretending to lose his mind? Is it somewhere in the middle? And I think with Hal, the balance is like that might be his plan, but I think there's a few times where he kind of goes, This is a like I'm threading a needle here that's yeah. like really tricky. It's like I'm reminded a lot of um Charlemagne, who famously I don't it, it may be apocryphal, but like the story being that he, you know, was leader of the Holy Roman Empire and killed all kinds uh -huh. of people to bring Catholicism to the world, but was never baptized because he didn't want to stop living the life he lived oh, and uh -huh. was baptized on his deathbed. <clears throat> so he was good. I mean, in dogmatic, like literal reading, he was good. He got to philander yeah. and kill and do all this stuff and then go right to heaven because he waited yeah. till then. To, but that is the, like, but if you get killed before then... That's a huge gamble, you know, in his mind, that yeah. being the thing. And that's sort of what I, I like about, I, I would liken Hal to that, of the sort of, like, moment of, like, maybe that is his plan, but there's got to be a few moments where he's like, like, I'm, yeah. I don't know, man, like, this is pretty dicey. So that when, at the end, when he turns, yeah, they're in that initial moment, he knows nothing else but to say to Falstaff, like, sorry, old man. And it is horribly unfair. <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. Because there, there's no prep for it. There's no, like... Listen, just so you guys know, yeah. like when I'm king, this is all over. Like, you know, like yeah. I, I'm going to have to go be king. And there's none of that. I think there's, I don't think he has like that when he's, when he's being Harry, I don't think he has that sense that he, he knows that destiny is, is going to, he's going to have to deal with it at some point in time. But I don't think there's, there's a grand sense of like when destiny comes, I'm going to have right. to kill all my friends. Right. What, of what literally um, that means. I mean, there is, yeah. there's a difference between. <clears throat> to quote the matrix there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path yeah. there's a different like this is my plan yeah cool mm -hmm. but now we're here like and now we've actually mm -hmm. got to do mm -hmm. the thing yes for all you mainly for charlene smith but for everyone else falstaff dies at the uh, henry v act two scene three <laughs> so for all you I musical theater that. fans out right. there <laughs> there's henry a pretty v. good there's a pretty good crossover here <laughs> henry v the henry musical v. oh my god <laughs> Well, it's got a ra I mean, Sing Christmas Day is ready to ride. That speech oh, could go go. song. Oh yeah, um, that's as far. I'm gonna. It's as far as I'm gonna take that. <laughs> <laughs> I I am. I'm gonna go ahead and say 
I am sure it has been attempted. All right, here oh. we go. This is going to be a fun Google. Yeah. Henry V, okay. the, musical. the musical. Henry V, exclamation okay, point. Okay, so when you type Henry V, the musical, the first option is Henry V, the musical, London. So, Oh, oh goody. Oh goody. Musical scenario after Shakespeare. Duh. Duh. Okay, I'm not actually getting anything here. Um, there's probably an opera. Okay. Right? You know, like, just because... Yeah. There does not appear to be a, in the sense that we're talking about, musical version of Henry V. <laughs> um, there, are, there are operas. I, I Google okay. opera. There are several operas. Uh, <laughs> Wait for the Henry V soft shoe number. I don't, can you do, can you do Dancing Nights after Spamalot? Like, did Spamalot kind of take the dancing night trope on on the stage and just completely kill it like when we all sort of went well that looks silly like we can't do that (laughs) anymore (laughs) i always wonder about things like that when you have and they're not parodies exactly but they're sort of like take like you take these two disparate things like soft shoe and knights and you blow them together how much it like that's really funny but you've also just killed a whole avenue of theater for people um that like, and I think we're going to see it very soon, like hit a peak with like more musicals about American history and integrating rap and hip hop into oh. those things by people who yeah. are maybe not as talented as Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I and, can do the, right. the, the the I can do Hamilton. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it it that we're well. I mean, it, it just it's always funny to me that when you have moments like that, it's like, well, that's the end of that idea. You know, that's the end of the thing. It's a uh, you know, like, and, and Book of Mormon kind of did that to a, a certain extent also with sort of... I think there's there's certain devices that you have to be a little bit careful with. But, you know, a, you, you, I think you can have all sorts of successful things come off of that as long as they don't try to recreate the exact thing. But the great thing about Hamilton is, is it, it it really pushes new musical styles into the musical, into musical theater genre. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if somebody wants to go, I'm going to create a rap version of Thomas Jefferson, then it's going to be like, okay, here we go. Right. Well, um, Sondheim is predicted. It hasn't happened yet, but he said the next one was going to be the Abraham Lincoln musical. And I can see that. He sort of was uh-huh. insistent. Like, I remember in the interview where the guy was like, oh, yeah, probably. It's like, no, it is happening. Like, you don't even know. And he's like, <laughs> and the guy was sort of like, oh, are you like working? I was like, no, I've never heard anyone. I'm just telling you somewhere in some room right now, people are actively working on this. Um, it takes, you know, several years mm-hmm. for musicals to get to the stage, so we'll see. But, yeah, I, I, these, these <laughs> that idea of tap, tap dancing nights and battles on stage. Like, it's always just kind of a tricky, it's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's a hard, especially in musicals, to get, <clears throat> to get earnest with it, you know, because it becomes, when it's done really well, like in the example of Les Mis, it then becomes parodyable. And once it becomes parodyable and tropish, Every even if you try to do it after that earnestly and correctly, mm-hmm. it feels. I think Scarlet Pimpernel the musical suffers from this a little bit, where it feels like, like oh, it's just another romance novel uh-huh. thrown up on the stage. Like so, it's sort of Les Mis esque, even though it's uh-huh. not. Like they're both French, so I guess kind of. You know what I mean? It's that once an idea is done so completely, I think if if it you falls away. the thing with Hamilton is that. Boy, we've gotten so far off from our oh, original we're great. Study. This is great. Um, but the thing with Hamilton is is that Lin Manuel read about Hamilton and saw how he the the story made him think of mm-hmm. the that sort of music coming into it that, that that it had that sort of similarity to that 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 
rough trying to make your way sort of and thing. being a writer i mean yeah writing I mean, yeah. your way out of your conditions yeah, yeah. so uh so he f- he found the musical style inspired by the story whereas like if uh, what going the, the other way yeah, yeah if they go the other way and try to make you know we're going to make a story about lincoln and we're gonna and it's gonna be a um it's gonna have lots of uh, it the rep lincoln extravaganza it's mm-hmm. gonna and all the posters will show um uh, Abraham Lincoln with sunglasses and a necklace with a big <laughs> golden clock on it, and uh, and I think if they if they try to shoehorn the story into the musical mm-hmm. style, it's just going to go. Um, Which is what kind of like tap dancing nights is like uh-huh. that that becomes like well it's a it's a stage <clears throat> show so we have to have dance numbers so here like yeah. and, you know what it, it, it's it, what do we got well we got a bunch of nights well go to town whereas like you could have. You could have I I can see musical numbers set in the Boar's Head Tavern with Falstaff and mm-hmm. the gang that totally have that vibe of like big rousy group master of the house kind of boozy yeah. fun numbers. It just becomes this sort of I like even before you're started you've kind of lost because, because yeah. it the the that idea is sort of stuck in the head because of things like uh like Spamalot and 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 issues like that. Mm. You, you you occurred to me when you said um a show that does suiting the musical style to the character. Another great example of that, that music theater people know, though some of you may not be familiar with is bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson, which does, uh do you know bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson? I know of it. I've never actually heard it. It, It's fascinating because Mm -hmm. it takes, again, goes with the character of Andrew Jackson and sort of treats him like a, he's like an emo kid. He's like, you know, if you look at, Lin-Manuel looked at Hamilton and saw a poor kid who was able to escape his, his yeah. conditions and rise to great success because of his ability to write, mm-hmm. like a lot of hip-hop artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the authors of Bloody Plain, Andrew Jackson, looked at Andrew Jackson and saw this sort of whiny, bratty, desperate for like positive yeah. feedback guy yeah. and went, emo music. Why wouldn't you ever go out with me in school? Always went out with those guys Who thought they were so cool And I was just nobody to you Nobody to you Nobody to you But it's the early 19th century And we're gonna take this country back For people like us who don't just think about things People who make things happen Sometimes with guns Sometimes with speeches too and also other things One, two, three, four Populism, yeah, yeah Populism, yeah, yeah Populism, yeah, yeah Populism, yeah, yeah This is the age of This is the age of This is the age of Jackson And kind of like uh-huh. And kind of like cabaret stuff And just like, but it's whiny I mean, it's a sort of overall tone And it really, really works where he sings all these sort of emo-y songs about how you're going to love me and then I'm going to kill everybody and then you'll love me. Like those are kind of the vibes of it. And Uh it suits the character really, really well that they, that they are crafting. Um, And so I think that the lesson probably actually is there's a lot of interesting things you can do with history and modern music. As long as, like you say, Mm -hmm. you suit the music to the figure and don't try to be like, and now the hip hop musical about this and the hip hop musical about that. Because to me, Hamilton is at its least successful when it is finding places to put the tropes of hip hop, like I get uh-huh. kind of having the cabinet meeting as a hip as a rap battle idea, but it is the moment in that show where I always feel the most like 
I see what you're doing. Like, I see Uh you sitting in a room going, oh, and cabinet meetings can be rap battles. Like, that Uh is not quite as a direct line as, Uh like, uh, songs like My Shot and even, like, Guns and Ships, where, like, these characters have a new way to talk and we're going to integrate it into the story. You know what I mean? Like, it it feels more like you're putting the trope on the situation instead of letting the situation give you the trope. I'd have to listen to it. I've only listened to it once. Mm -hmm. Um... And again, in a car. I listen to most musicals in cars. It's, it's good. Um, musicals are good in cars. And it was uh, actually uh, Jenny had gotten um, uh, Hamilton and had it in her car, so I, we were listening on the road. And I was like, I really should listen to this again. And then she loaned it to somebody, and I haven't seen it. Since. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, the I do think like the 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 rap battle really kind of makes sense just because the the way those sort of debates would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know what else you would. Do sure, so I, I don't. don't really, uh, I don't. I don't think. It, yeah. I don't think it should be cut. I should be clear. But it is. It is a moment where I'm like, oh, like it, it feels like we're going the other way for a uh-huh. second, to me. And it's. It's not that I don't. I don't have a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think it should be cut. It is more the sex. It's one of those few situations in that show where I'm like, I, I see what you're doing. I feel. Yeah. That, I feel that <clears throat> being engaged. Instead of letting the situation dictate the style, it feels more like the style is dictating the situation. I, I'm not saying it's incorrect, and you can feel free to disagree with me, but that's either you or people online, but it is that, mm. that's that's the vibe I get from it. So it is that danger, though, of turning it like completely on its head and not suiting, yeah. letting the situation suit the musical styles, unlike the Fantastics, in which always, <laughs> I'm, I'm really good at this. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Peter Boyer for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.